This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So that's how I'd map up this rotation. I'd have David Peterson make one more start. It would be on this homestand. I think it would be Wednesday night against the Cubs. And then he transitions to the bullpen. And that's... The other thing that's going to be very intriguing to watch over the next few weeks. I mentioned David Peterson as a bullpen option. Well, he's not alone. You have Trevor May coming back off the IL. He had COVID. You have Drew Smith beginning his rehab assignment. But the one I'm most excited about, and I think the one you're most excited about, is that Tyler McGill, who's looked great in his rehab performances, is also eligible to be activated real soon. Does Balk take Tyler McGill and immediately throw him into a high leverage situation? Does he slowly put him in a high leverage situation? You know, you don't have a lot of time. There's just not that much time left in this season. So if it's a one-run lead, seventh inning against the Cubs or the Pirates this week, why the hell not? Look, I defended Buck for something I know Hoff didn't like, and that was throwing David Peterson right in the mix of the Subway Series, the first portion of the Subway Series at City Field, where they asked David Peterson, I think it was the eighth inning or the seventh inning, I think it was the eighth inning, come in, middle of the order, one-run lead or two-run lead, go get guys out. And he failed, obviously. He didn't get the job done. He gave up a home run to Glaber Torres that tied the game almost immediately. But he threw him right in there. And I think with Tyler McGill who is not a reliever. This is still new for him. Why not? There's not a lot of time left. The clock is ticking on what's left in this schedule and figuring out this bullpen. Because right now, what do we know about this bullpen? We know Edwin Diaz is your closer. <laughs> we know you're going to ask Edwin Diaz to get many, many, many outs in big games. And we do know that Adam Adovino has been mostly very, very good this season. As much as maybe I don't ultimately trust him or you don't ultimately trust him, we have to give him credit for how well he's pitched. And I think Adam Adovino has earned that. He is the eighth inning guy or the seventh inning guy, depending on if they ask Diaz to get six outs on any kind of consistent basis. Seth Lugo has been a lot better. He really has. Michael Givens has been okay. He has. He's had a couple of really, really bad performances. But luckily, most of those really bad performances have occurred in blowouts. They've occurred in games that weren't that close. We know that Trevor Williams is your long man. You have to go to your bullpen early. He's your guy. The rest of the bullpen, do you really trust? Uh, No one wants to see Joely Rodriguez. Alex Claudio hasn't earned anything yet. Yoan Lopez, give me a break. Tommy Hunter, no. 
Montesta Oka has a lot of potential. I do believe that, but not this year. Maybe that's something we could talk about in the spring training of 2023 when the Mets are building a whole new bullpen. I think Montesta Oka can be a factor down the road, but not this season. So now you've got Drew Smith and you've got Tyler McGill and we'll see about Trevor May and even David Peterson, who I'm willing to give another try out of the bullpen because assuming the Mets stay healthy this turn around and assuming Max Scherzer is activated a week from Monday, you can't go six man with as many off days as the Mets have. Once they get through this week in which Max Scherzer is not pitching, he's not eligible to come off the IL, and David Peterson will, and you're going to have everybody on regular rest. Basically, that's how this week's going to work against the Cubs and the Pirates. After that, you got a lot of off days. you got an off day the following Thursday. you have an off day the following Monday and the following Thursday. A lot of off days, which is just weird. But it is what it is. That's what the schedule dictates. So right now, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling as if maybe these last two games against the Marlins will be an indicator of what they can do against the Cubs and the Pirates on this seven-game homestand. And look, I don't know what the Braves are going to do. We can't rely on that. But I think now that the Mets have regained a lead, even though it's a small lead, a one-game loss column lead, it's not about the Braves. It's about us. It's about the fact that this team is 89-52. and They have to go 11-10 and to win 100 games. They have to go 19-2 and to match the 86 Mets. I don't think that's going to happen. But I'll tell you this. If they do that, <laughs> then they do win the division. So you're feeling good, Hoff. Do you have confidence as we enter the final three weeks of the season? Uh, regarding the Mets, yes, I feel very good. You had your Twitter poll out earlier uh, yesterday. Uh, it was yesterday you did with the who's gonna if the Mets, you feel confident the, about so, the Mets winning the division and I was one of the ones who voted yes very you confident. did well of you course. know what's funny so I put that up Saturday morning it was the morning after for the first time in 150 days we weren't in first place and I put that up also with the Yankee fans because the Yankees had come off the loss to Tampa Bay and both fan bases majority opinion was no that they weren't including Yankee fans. Now, obviously, the Yankees responded in a big way. Good for them. The Mets have responded in a big way. But that poll was put up on the first morning of not being in first place. And I can't say I'm surprised that 62% of Mets fans says they weren't going to win the division. But I just, I haven't felt that way. Like, I actually have a weird confidence in this team. And I'm glad you have it, too, because I think this team has earned that from us. It's just bad timing. That's all it is. Like, like you said, they were eventually going to lose the the hold on the division because the Braves have been so hot. It just sucks that it happens in September. But realistically, there's still three, like you said, three three weeks left, and they still have to travel a little bit, and they still have a, a rougher schedule than us. I'm very confident and comfortable with how the Mets are playing. Even when they do have these, like, you know, games that, like, they should not be getting crushed by the Pirates of the Nationals, they do. And I still feel confident. I'm comfortable. It's not a big deal. And this, like you said, you've touched on all of it. The team, there's certain people that are stepping up in the right time. Escobar stepping up now makes me feel good, especially for the playoffs. No doubt. No, they needed him to get hot. It's certainly happening at the right time. The Phillies play the Atlanta Braves seven times in 10 days. Now, that's a positive way to look at it about the Braves' schedule. The negative way to look at it is that the Braves play the Nationals six out of nine games. 
So it depends which perspective you want to have. But yeah, even with the Braves playing the Nationals, who have actually been pretty feisty, give the Nationals a little bit of credit. They are not rolling over. They had success against the Cardinals last week, all that. The Mets still have the easier schedule. When you look at the Cubs, the Pirates, the series with Oakland, and the two games with Miami, the three games against Milwaukee are tricky. But you know what? The Mets are better than the Brewers. The Mets are better than all these teams. So they've got 15 games before they play the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves have 3, 6, 9, 13, 16 games before they play the Mets. Yeah, that makes sense because there's a one-game difference in terms of games played. And so it's a slight advantage for the Mets based on the schedule. But as we've learned through losing two out of three to the Nationals, the schedule doesn't mean a damn thing. You still have to beat those teams. But I do feel good about the way they've done it over the next two days. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Quickly about the rule changes. I love the pitch clock. I've been screaming about the pitch clock for about two decades now. Not two decades is too much. Uh, Five years. I'd say for the last five years, I've been screaming about the pitch clock because as a fan that goes to a lot of games and watches every single game on TV, it's obvious that this is far different than what it was 15 years ago. And I remember I was having a conversation with my wife recently where I'm going to a lot of games this year, but not nearly as much as I used to because I've got commitments. I'm married. I have kids. I live in a different place than I lived when I was going to 70 games a year in Queens. And she asked me, she said, if I allowed it, if I said, no, it's no big deal, Ev, go to as many games as you want, how many would you go to? And I looked at her and I said, I would never be able to go to the same amount of games I used to because it's so it's more time consuming today than it ever was. I mean, you feel it. You feel how much longer the games are. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. It just means if you go every single night and every night is three hours and 15 minutes, you start to feel it. You start to say, okay, I may need a break. Not from watching the team. I'll watch them on TV, but from going. And it's really built up over the last few years where you feel the difference. And so you think about it critically and say, well, why is this happening? Why are these games longer? And to me, it's always been very, very simple. Relief pitchers take way too long in between pitches. Simple as that. It's usually not starting pitchers doing it. It's usually relievers. And I'll name names. Jairus Familia, Aroldis Chapman. Those are two guys that just jump out. They take forever in between pitches. And those are New York-based guys because I see more of them than I see anybody else. And so I would count it. I'd be behind in games on DVR, and I would press that skip button, and you'd see, oh, my God, 45 seconds in between pitches? Like there are some relievers that do that. So I really don't care what any pitcher has to say about this or even what any baseball player has to say about this because most rule changes are about the competition, you know, and evening the playing field or improving offense or improving pitching. To me, and I would say this to any player, this is not about you. This is about us. So quite frankly, I don't give a rat's ass what you have to say about it. 
The game takes way too long. You're taking too much time in between pitches, and you will figure out a freaking way to move quicker. The shift is a different story. I don't love the ban on the shift. I'm not crying about the rule. I just don't love it. I I do have more of that old school thought of why don't players adjust? Or if you're going to put a ban on a shift, why go to the extremes that they're going to of not having a foot on the outfield grass? So that's more about competition. And that's where I would listen to the players. And I would want to hear their opinion on it. But when it comes to the pitch clock, I don't really give a rat's ass what they have to say about it because it really doesn't involve them. They just have to learn how to adjust to it. It's about us. We are the fans. We are the paying customers. And the games have been taking way too long. Got to remember this for anyone who says, but I love baseball. I love that it takes a long time. I love baseball too, but remember, you're going to get the exact same amount of action. You're just going to get it in a shorter package. You're going to get the same amount of pitches. It's just going to be in a smaller package. It's not like you're getting less baseball. You're not. You're getting the same amount of baseball. You're just squeezing it into a smaller package because it's going to move quicker. That's all. The base thing I don't fully get. You know, making the bases bigger. They're saying it's safety. It's going to add stolen bases. I don't know. I've got to see it. I don't love banning the shift. And I don't love going to the extremes that they're going to. But the addition of the pitch clock, and I've thought about this, and I can't think of anything better, is the greatest innovation of baseball in the last 100 years in terms of changing rules or technology. I'm trying to think what else would qualify. Uh, divisional alignments, yeah, I like it. The wild card, yeah, I like it. But in terms of, I guess, just making the game better in terms of an entertainment value, uh, it's it's a great decision. I look forward to it. I'm glad Major League Baseball did it. And it's obviously something we'll spend more time talking about during the offseason in terms of how it affects teams and whatnot. But I saw when they announced it, and I was very, very happy as a quote-unquote old-school baseball fan. Cubs-Mets for three. Mets-Pirates for four. Let's win six out of seven. I know to, to, to hit my goal, because I said 12-4 and four through the 16-game stretch, they're right now 5-4. and four. So for the Mets to at least match my request, they're going to have to have a 7-0 and homestand. I'm willing to give, I'm willing to accept 6-1. and one. If the Mets go 6-1, and one, I'd be happy. I would assume the Braves will lose a game to the San Francisco Giants and the Philadelphia Phillies over that period of time. But who the hell knows? The finale of the Braves-Mariners series was insane. They're down 6-1, to 6-2. to two. They come back. They go ahead. Then the Mariners tie it. Just a certifiable game. And thank God the Mariners won that game. Because I don't know if I'd be as rosy about things if the Braves won that game too and we were still tied. But either way, we'll give you another Rico right after uh, the Wednesday game. It's a three-game series. So Wednesday night, we'll have it ready for you by Thursday morning. Thank you very much for listening to another edition of Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>